The Your Safe Space podcast is recorded on Wurundjeri land. This podcast acknowledges the traditional owners and custodians of the land. Always was, always will be Aboriginal land. Welcome to Your Safe Space, the podcast. I'm your host, Adele Marie, and this podcast is here for you. It is a safe space for us to catch up each week to discuss anything and everything. And on today's show, we are going rogue. Welcome to AMA On Air. (laughs) Hi, guys. I'm popping into your ears with a surprise episode. You're probably wondering, what the fuck, Adele? You told us last week and the week before that and the week before that, that you have not enough time, that you're feeling really tired, that you need a rest, that you're feeling overwhelmed. And here she is delivering a second episode. Yes, guys, I am. I'm coming to you with, I had this idea and I'm like, you know what? Let's just test it out. If it's shit, we don't have to keep running with it. If you guys like it and you listen to this episode and you want another one, then I can do another one. You know what I mean? I always had a vision to do more episodes. And now that I've got help with my YouTube channel, I feel like I've got a bit more time for it. And obviously heading into Christmas, I have to pre-record all the episodes until the week of January 9th. And so I'm like, fuck it. I may as well do it now. (laughs) Go hard. Well, I've got time to obviously edit and obviously take a break as well. And then we'll see how it performs. And if you guys like it, it can be like a fixed thing going into the new year and I guess it is twofold because I do an ask me anything that's what AMA stands for by the way and I may change it sometimes people ask me if it's like Adele Marie answers or if it's oh what were the other ones that I've got I can't remember it's ask me anything and traditionally I always do these on a Monday night on my own personal Instagram which is at Adele Marie Go and follow me if you're not already. And I get hundreds. When I tell you I get hundreds of AMAs, I can't even tell you. I get sent so many and I'm so grateful that you guys trust me with it. And I answer a mix of things. A lot of the time it's advice type questions, which I love. Sometimes it's questions about me. I try to do a balance of everything. But yeah, it's every Monday night. You guys look forward to it. I look forward to it. And I never get through it. And so I thought, you know what? Why don't we trial doing AMA on air? So I've picked some questions out. And I feel like these episodes will hopefully complement the other episode in the sense that these ones might be a little bit more light, shorter, fluffier, funnier, maybe, I don't know. I could even get people in to help me answer some of these, which I think is like my long-term vision next year. And I want to still obviously keep the main show. So your main chunky episode, the deep one is not going to be impacted. I love doing that for you guys and that will stay unaffected. I might change the format of that in the new year as well. But yeah, I just thought an extra episode of your safe space. Who will complain? Maybe some of you might not like it and you might complain, but as always, feedback is welcome. Be kind with it. (laughs) Now, I want to say, you guys also do love my advice. I'm constantly asked for advice in these Ask Me Anythings, which if you ever have a question, ask me in the Ask Me Anything. The point of me doing it is because I get a lot of DMs and it physically overwhelms me and I can never open them all or reply to them all. I try to obviously reply to all my comments, but the AMA just makes it a little bit easier for me to have that access to you. That's also why I love the Facebook group as well. But I want these to kind of have that mentoring vibe to it. 
I think I, I'm a huge fan of having mentors in life. I've got my own mentors in life. I hope that you have other mentors in life. And yeah, I'd love to be like that mentor kind of big sister energy for you. Now, I need to also say this podcast is not a substitute for professional help. I'm pretty clear on that in each show and I will say it again in this one. So if you need professional support, please check the show notes as well. All right, guys, I've picked out some questions at random and this is literally from last night's Ask Me Anything. So I it's Tuesday at the time of recording this. I don't know when I'm going to edit this and get this up. If you're listening to this on Wednesday, you've know just know I've gone home or I've gone to Sydney and I've edited it on Tuesday night. Or if I get this up on Thursday, no, I've been hustling to edit up, edit it up for you guys. But I am actually going to the airport in about I don't know 40 minutes, and I thought let me squeeze an extra show. And let's do it. So I picked some random questions. Thank you if you submitted. Your identity is always kept anonymous. And we're going to jump right in. Right in. Okay. First question. Hot one. Hot one off the press. Do you believe in right person, wrong time? And I tell you, this one comes through a lot. And my stance on this, I think maybe when I was younger, I probably did believe in right person, wrong time. But as I've gotten older, I don't necessarily subscribe to that. Because I hold this very like true belief that if it was the right person, it would always be the right time. The right person would make sure that they would be committed to you, that they would have the space for you, that they would have the space for the relationship, that they would be emotionally available, that they would be ready to enter into you know a new chapter with you. My thoughts are is if it feels like the right person in the wrong time, then it's not really the right person. And I know that can be hard to digest because sometimes we idolize or romanticize these people that we date in our head and almost build them up and put them on this pedestal. But if we really unpack it and if we really dig deep, sometimes bad timing can be a cover for lots of other things. Now, in my own experience, and I've been in plenty of circumstances where I've met someone and then things have moved nicely and then it's been a oh right person wrong time situation and I've even been told by some of the guys I've dated that it's not the right time right now and for me if I look back at all the, all of those moments it was like the bad timing was a cover for fear <laughs> it was a cover for emotional unavailability it was even a cover for maybe incompatibility and maybe that was like their way of even saying like I just don't want to be with you without saying that. Do you know what I mean? And I think that's okay because then it leads you closer to finding that right person. And I really am solid on this and maybe it's not as black and white as what I'm making it out to be. And maybe I have some bias because of that history with with these people myself. But there are lots of reasons why relationships don't work out. There are lots of reasons why you might not be right for somebody But I don't buy that time is one of them, unfortunately. And I also think I have evidence in my life as well when I have been in relationships with people that with the right person, it happens. (laughs) With the right person, time is on your side. It works out perfectly. And I even want to like give an example, right, with long distance relationships. I've never been in a long distance relationship. I don't know if I could do a long distance relationship just knowing the needs that I have and the way that I want to be treated or how often I want to see my partner but if I was to meet somebody and they were the right person and I was the right person for them we could probably make long distance work do you know what I mean whereas sometimes that may be a reason for people 
not wanting to commit. And I think when it's the right person, you have all the time in the world. When it's the right person, time is not an issue. When it's the right person, there's no freaking excuses. It's just the right person. And then on the other side of that, and sorry, maybe I'm about to contradict myself. If you are really meant to be with this person, you'll find your way back together. And I don't know if I subscribe to that fully because I'm also like, don't hold on to things, like just let them go. Yeah, I feel like that might be one that we can unpack in another question if someone submits a question about, do they always come back? Because I'd love to answer that one too. All right, next question. I like this. It's like a rapid fire AMA on air. Do you think a guy should pay on the first date? What are your thoughts on this in general? Now, let me preface this by saying I am 29 years old. I'm a millennial. Yeah, I'm a millennial. Yeah. (laughs) And I think whoever asks should pay. Typically, if I'm being asked on a date, it's generally me being asked by a man. And that's because I am straight. And this conversation may contain some like hetero language. Um, I'm going to try and obviously be inclusive, but I feel like it's the person who should ask should pay. I will also say though, I will always offer. And the reason that I offer is because I want it to be like an equal in exchange of energy, if that makes sense. And don't get me wrong. I've had many dates where I've offered and the guy has not let me paid. And I have always just said, thank you so much. Like, that's so lovely and like thank them for it and you know either gone on to have a second or third date with them or gone on to not have another date with them and then I also think that it might be a generational thing I feel like with my generation or even the older generation like that is the that is the norm that's like put out there it's like oh the guy should always pay um you shouldn't let the girl pay but then I feel like with the younger generation and when we've had that discourse around you know equality and feminism and things like that there has been more input of women potentially paying on the first date or women wanting to pay on the first date. And I honestly don't think there's like a right or wrong way to it. If you want to pay on the first date, pay on the first date. If you want to offer, offer. If the person asks you and they want to pay, let them pay. You know what I mean? I think at the end of the day, it's whatever you feel comfortable with. I do want to tell you guys a little story about my old job because I found this quite fascinating in my old job. I was a business development manager for a long time. And part of my job was to build relationships with clients. Now I worked in the energy and construction industry, which is predominantly a male dominated industry. And so a lot of my clients were men. A lot of my clients were older men. And a lot of the socializing I did with them or the rapport building I did with them was either you know, lunches or um, coffee catch-ups even. Sometimes it was dinners. Like it was a lot of entertaining in that aspect. And I would also say that if you are a business development manager or you do work in sales that are B2B, you know exactly what I'm talking about. There's lots of networking functions or there's lots of just rapport building going on. And I had a company credit card, had a company credit card at one job. And then I also had like my own card (laughs) at the other job and I would be reimbursed for all these expenses, right? So I could go out to dinner with a client We could have dinner, drinks, whatever. I could pay for it, same as lunch, and the company would reimburse me. That's how it worked. I tell you, in all the times, all the years that I worked at that job, every single time I went out with a client, not one of them ever let me pay. Even though it wasn't me spending the money, it was the company spending the money. And I always just found that so fascinating. And I think that's why I just wanted to mention that generational thing, because I think 
back in the day or maybe that's how they were raised but they just would not let me pay and they would say that it was because I was a female is that sexist I don't know (laughs) I don't know always just said thank you and obviously for them it was a business expense too but I just found it so fascinating that even in that dynamic where when it wasn't a date it was not a date at all it was always professional but they wouldn't let me pay either very interesting, very strange. So yeah, as for this question, do I think a guy should pay on the first date? If they've asked me, yes, I'll still offer though. Yeah. All right. Next question. I'm 22 and I feel like I'm not doing enough. I feel like I am failing at life. Any advice? Oh, I just want to give you a big hug. I want to give you a big hug. You are not the first person to ever send in and ask me anything like this. I feel like this is a very common thing that gets asked. I feel like this is a very common experience that we go through. I feel like our 20s are, I don't know, marketed to us incorrectly. And I think if we go back to before we hit our 20s, watching TV, watching movies, watching older people do things in life, I feel like we, we were marketed this idea that our 20s would be like this really fun time, this really exciting time. You're like, finally an adult, I'm doing the quotation marks because you're of age, especially in Australia. Once you hit 18, you can get your license, you can drink. I know uh, if you're in the US, I don't think you can drink till you're 21, but you're meant to be an adult. And I feel like it's like this idea that uh, this idea is shown to us that like we should know what we're doing. We should know the life path we're on. We should know what's going on. And the reality is that's not the case at all at all. And I feel like I can talk to this very well because I'm 29, as I've said, and I've gone through my 20s. My episode next year for my birthday for this podcast is going to be 30 things I wish I knew before I turned 30. 30 things I learned in my 20s. I don't know. It's going to be something like that. I'm already planning it out. But your 20s are meant to be confusing. Your 20s are meant to be unsure. Your 20s are meant to be figuring it the fuck out. And I'll explain why, because when you are a child and you are still a child, literally up until you turn 20, I'm going to say if you're a teen, you're still a child. Yes, you're an older child, but you're still a child and you have just come out of school. Your life is just beginning. I know you were obviously born and your life begun 18 or 19 years prior to that. But when you are at school, people are making decisions for you. People are guiding you. People are putting ideas in your head. The same as obviously like growing up in, you know, your home, the adults that are raising you, your caregivers are putting ideas into your head, are giving you guidance, are showing you how to live and lead a life. And you go then and do that for yourself once you hit that, you know, 18 year old mark or that 20 year old mark. And it's on you to kind of figure out what the hell you're doing. So what you are feeling is so normal. But I want to tell you that you are not failing. You are not failing. You are actually experiencing your 20s as you should. Your 20s, for me anyway, my 20s were some of the most confusing, challenging, hardest years of my life. And it's only been, I'm going to say, in my late 20s that I've really come into like who I am, come into my core values, come into what I want in life, what I want from life, really knowing my future, really knowing my vision. I didn't know that at 22. I didn't know that at 22, guys. (laughs) I also didn't know it at 23. I didn't know it at 24. I'm going to say I didn't even know it until I was probably about maybe 27, maybe 28. And I actually probably owe therapy a bit of, I guess, gratitude there because that helped me as well. But it's very normal to feel the way that you're feeling. 
you are just experiencing your 20s exactly as you should. And what I want to tell you or what my advice to you would be is to take that pressure off yourself. It's okay to figure it out. It's okay. You don't have to know. But what I would suggest is just making sure that you are making decisions or small steps in the right way or small steps in the path that feels good. I shouldn't have used the word right, sorry. But I really want you to think about what feels good and then kind of go out and make decisions or take actions in line with that. And I feel like there'll be an upcoming episode of this podcast, which is about core values, which will be a lot more in depth about different areas of your life and kind of figuring out what it is that you like, what it is that you don't like, how you want to live. And I feel like that might give you a little bit more guidance. There's also an episode of this podcast, which is about getting unstuck. And I would recommend going and listening to that one as well. But don't panic. You're still young. You've got all the time in the world. Trust me. 22 in my mind makes me feel, makes me, it makes me think, oh my God, that was so long ago. I get this a lot when I tell people how old I am. They're like, oh my God, you don't even look 29. And I'm like, what's 29 meant to look like firstly? But secondly, you'll be 29 one day and you'll think back at your 22 year old self and be like, fuck, I wish I didn't stress. It all worked out. It's all working out. And sometimes it may take into your 30s to work it out. Sometimes it may take into your 40s. Age is just a number, babe. Age is just a number. Don't let it get to you. And don't compare yourself as well. I'm going to say if that's what you're doing. Focus on your own lane. Do what feels good for you. Do what you can. And my last bit of advice here is that you are right on time. You are exactly where you are meant to be. I can't even stress that enough. If I could have told you at 22 the thoughts that I was having versus now and seeing where I am now, I'm just like, oh, I wish I could go back and hug that 22-year-old version of me. And so I'm giving you a virtual hug. You're okay. You're on time. If it feels like shit, just know you're on the right path. You're actually exactly where you should be. And it will get better. I promise. And there's an element of it too, like the older you get, the wiser you get. That is not a lie, guys. It's legit. And then the next question is, oh, this one is so good. And I wanted to, I want to end on this one because it's going to be a short, sharp episode. But when is the right time to ask him what we are and how do I ask how to handle rejection? Okay. When I get asked this, it's like asking how long is a piece of string? I can never tell you when the right time is. I will never, ever, ever give you a time frame. I will never say, oh, ask at this point, the right time is when you feel like it's the right time. And I want to give you some guidance as to what that feeling would feel like. You will feel it in your body. You will not want to date anybody else. You will not want to see anybody else. You won't even really be attracted to anybody else. I, f- I still feel like it's normal to be attracted to other people, even if you you know are in love with somebody. I, that's another topic for another day. But yeah, your energy will just be focused on this person and there will come a point where you know that this is the person that you want to step into that next chapter with, okay? And I think when you have those feelings, it's very important to honor them because what you do when you don't honor them is essentially sacrifice what you really want to keep the peace or to keep the status quo as it is. And that is quite common in situationships. But when you have those feelings, that is the perfect time to have the chat. And I'm going to give you, I guess, what do we call it? A little play here. Okay. I would frame it like this. And obviously making sure that when you're having this conversation, it's the right time as well. Like 
they're not feeling stressed, you're not feeling stressed, you haven't just had an argument about something or you're not in a hurry to go somewhere, they're not strung up with like work or other stuff, it's a good time to have this conversation. Sit down and express to them that I am feeling like I really like you and I'm feeling like I don't want to spend any time with anyone else. You're the person that I would like to either be in a serious relationship with or to be your girlfriend, be your boyfriend. But what I recommend doing is sharing some of that vulnerability so that the person that you're having the conversation with can see that this is going to be a vulnerable conversation, but you're leading by example. So by telling them that you do feel deeply about them, that you do want to take it to that next level and you would like things to become more serious or committed between you two and asking them how that feels for them and asking them, where they are sitting in this. And that way you are putting some emotional expectation on them to answer the question, but you're sharing that emotional vulnerability, if that makes sense. And so I've done this in the past and this is how I've ended up with some of my ex-boyfriends. Obviously the relationship didn't last, so I don't know if you want to take take this advice literally, but with my recent ex, the most recent one, We were seeing each other for a little while and then it got to a point where I didn't want to date anybody else. I didn't want to spend time with anybody else. I wanted to spend time with him. He had said the same thing to me. We had already agreed that like we weren't like sleeping with other people or seeing other people. And I just said to him, we're on a walk one day and I just said, look, like I really like you. I like you a lot and I would like something a little bit more serious, a little bit more committed here and I would like to know how that feels for you and he said same I feel the same way and that's how I ended up getting him as my boyfriend (laughs) not that it lasted that long but that's another story but that was a really good chance for us to have that conversation it was like a great time the conversation was framed up like that and really what it was was just me asking for a need that I had and it goes back to that really core belief that I have and that really, really normal thing, you are allowed to ask for what you want in life, whether it's from a potential partner, whether it's from your boss, whether it's from your friends, your family, you are able to ask for what you want. You have needs, that's okay. It doesn't make you needy, doesn't make you clingy, doesn't make you whatever else people say. You're allowed to have needs, you're allowed to have wants, okay? You are allowed to ask for what you want. And I would recommend asking for what you want, especially in that setting, because that can, if you don't, that can really lead you down a dangerous path. And I know that this person is scared because they've said how to handle rejection. And I feel like rejection, there's going to, there needs to be a deeper episode on that. But three things will happen when you have this conversation. Okay. And this is what I like to do. I like to think of worst case outcome. (laughs) So the first thing is that they say, oh my gosh, I feel the same way. I don't want to date anyone else either. I want to be with you too. I want you to be my girlfriend. I want you to be my boyfriend. Perfect outcome. Tick. That is a slay. (laughs) The second thing that could happen is they say to you, I'm not quite there yet. I'm not quite ready to take that next step yet. And I still think this is an okay outcome because you still then have the power to decide, do I want to wait for them to meet me where I am? Or do I want to make a decision that is putting myself first and not waiting for somebody? And I don't think it's a bad thing to to wait for people. I just want to put that out there as well. Sometimes people take longer to get to certain points 
and sometimes people take longer to process certain things and sometimes people take longer to develop those emotional feelings. So sometimes you might want to decide that you want to give them, maybe it's another month or so, maybe it's another two months, I'm not sure. Maybe it's another week, I'm not sure. I'm not going to give you time frames. But that is, the power is still in your hands because then you can decide what it is that you're going to wait for and how long you're going to wait for. And then the last thing that could happen is they say, oh, I don't want this. I don't want the same thing as you. I don't want to be with you. I don't want to take it to the next step. I don't want to be your boyfriend. I don't want to be your girlfriend. I don't want that. I just want to keep things the way that they are. I like how things are going the way that they are. And I still think that's a great freaking outcome. You know why? Because it is better to know sooner. It is better to know sooner that they are not your person. It is better to know sooner that this isn't the right match for me. And that's okay. That's okay. People are allowed to want different things. People are allowed to have different needs. And having an uncomfortable conversation can actually save you some more heartache down the track. It That would save you from developing more feelings for this person and then them deciding one day to tell you that it's over anyway. Better for you to know sooner because that also then leads you closer to the right person or maybe that leads you closer to yourself. It's never a bad thing to have a conversation like this, especially if it's something that you want. And I think at the core of it, it really is just about needs and asking for what you want and not being scared if the person can't give you what you want. And very quickly on rejection, rejection is redirection. Rejection is a blessing. Whether it's someone saying that they don't want to date you, someone breaking up with you, something happening with your job, some something stopping you from something else, rejection, for me anyway, I try to frame it up as a blessing because I think to myself, better I know now, better I go down this new path, better I go down this different path because who knows what that, what that actually protected me from. And I would argue that rejection gets a bad rap, I feel like, because it brings upon all these uncomfortable emotional things and uncomfortable emotions. But rejection can be really beautiful because if I look back in my life to all these moments that I was rejected and fuck, the the guy I just spoke about, that relationship, he just literally woke up one day and was like, I don't actually want to be with you, Adele. I changed my mind. This is not really what I want. That was harsh rejection that I faced. And I did initially internalize that and obviously make that about myself. But I say this and I've said it before. I am so grateful that he did that to me. You know why? Because he firstly showed me some things in that relationship that I hadn't experienced before, but he changed the fucking trajectory of my life. If he didn't do that, would I have started posting my healing series on TikTok? Probably not. If I didn't post that healing series on TikTok, we wouldn't even be talking on this podcast right now. And if that's not the biggest example of rejection being the biggest freaking blessing, I don't know what is. But I think there have been so many other moments in my life where I've been rejected from something, not even not even just talking about men or relationships, but where I've been rejected from jobs or I've been rejected from friends or I've been rejected from, I don't know, events or things like that. And it's turned out to be the biggest, biggest, biggest blessing. And so there will be another episode on rejection, but if you want to have that conversation and yes, I'm talking to you, if you're sitting here listening to this podcast thinking, oh fuck, she's like, that's really hitting home. I know what it feels like. Ask for what you want. And if it ruins whatever you had, then let it ruin it. (laughs) Let it ruin it because it obviously wasn't strong enough to sustain that. And again, it's just putting you on a better path. Oh, guys. I love this episode. I'm going to 
try and edit it as quickly as I can. I've got to order an Uber now and rush to the airport. I am leaving Melbourne to go to Sydney. I'm spending the next few days in Sydney with TikTok, which is super exciting. And obviously, I'm very grateful to you guys because I'm going on this thing because of you guys. I did not get invited to the For You Fest last year because at that point, I didn't really have a big TikTok following and I got an invite this year, which is super exciting. And obviously, you'll see that on my channels, whether that's TikTok, Instagram or my YouTube We'll also have the Sunday episode going live as normal. That's the episode with Tash Invests. You'll love the episode because it is so juicy and it's full of lots of value. We're chatting all things investing, we're chatting money, we're chatting savings, we're chatting debt. And I think there's lots of good eggs in there as well. But guys, if you are not already following us on Spotify, check us a follow, give us a star rating. If you're not, follow us on Apple Podcasts, give us a review on there. And follow us on your Safe Space Pod Instagram. Oh, and just lastly, because I will probably do another Ask Me Anything episode next week. But if you have something or you have something that I want to read out that is a little bit longer than the characters that it allows you in the box, email me and I'll give you the email. It is yoursafespacepod at outlook.com. I will not reply to it. I'm pretty sure there's an automated message reply on there. But if you want to send something through, I can have a look through and potentially that could be featured in the next AMA on air. But guys, thank you for joining me this week. Thank you for joining me in this episode. I hope you like this one. Give me the feedback. I'm keen to hear it. Come in the Facebook group and tell me nicely if you liked it or if you didn't. I will see you guys next time. And yeah, have a great weekend. Bye. Bye, guys.